It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, November 6th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is definitely thinking this weekend was a tale of two cities. It was. Yeah, we will get into those mixed results with the Sabres and Kings, plus it's Monday, so we'll have our nemesis of the week. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. And as a show, we are at Locked On Flyers on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. And you can subscribe to our show. For free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, I almost don't know where to start with this weekend of games here, but I, I really think the first thing we should probably talk about is the goaltending situation because um, you know, we saw Sam Erson in versus the Sabres. And as we talked about um, in last week's shows, Cal Peterson was probably the right call up to make from the Phantoms, given that Felix Sandstrom hadn't started yet. That indeed happened. And they played him against the L.A. Kings, uh, where he uh, let in five goals in that game. Um, we, we know that Carter Hart's injury is a mid body injury and they're theoretically still day to day, but we don't really have more information on that. Uh, well, meanwhile, F- Felix Sandstrom was hurt in the Phantoms game on Friday. It was his second game back. So they had to officially call him up to put him on IR and Nolan Mayer was called up to the Phantoms. So that's the lay of the land here. But ultimately, I really think that all of this made a huge difference in the outcome of games for this weekend. I mean, it affected them to some degree. I mean, I, I didn't blame that game on Peterson because the defense was so bad, too, that it was, you know, he gave up one or two that weren't great. But, I mean, the thing is, the Kings are the highest scoring team. In, yeah. in the, we talked about that. So even pregame, people that were sitting near me, I was like, this is probably a 5-4 game, and, you know, the Flyers are going to have to score a fair amount of goals to win this game. And Cam Talbot, you know, pulls a shutout. But even if he didn't, I was pretty sure the Kings were going to score at least four goals. And so I'm not sure it mattered who was in net for that, you know what I mean? But as far as this rotation, there's a lot of uncertainty now because, again, you had played Carter Hart so many games at the beginning. Then you finally got Urson in. And then Sandstrom was just sitting cold. You know, he played in one game and then he plays in a little bit of another one period and then he's out. Like, you wish the rotation for all of this were a little more set in stone. And because I, I can't believe that this would actually be the plan. I don't think it was. I think it was augmented at some point. And, you know, I just, no matter what you think your team is this year, 
that first month of the season, you got to go with the, to me, a strict rotation of guys yeah. to avoid all of this. These kinds of things. I mean, I don't see any other teams going through this. Do you? I mean, not that I am aware of. That's for right. sure. Where where I do think some of the decisions may have played some factor into it. I think there it's always a risk when you put a guy in up against his former team. And especially mm-hmm. when he's just coming back up from the minors and has to adjust to the NHL level against a really strong team that LA is. And there's some emotional baggage around the situation. Plus there, I mean, it, I understand it goes both ways. Whereas Cal Peterson knows the shooting tendencies of a lot of those guys, but those guys also know that great early save on Fiala, which, you know, you could have set sure. the table for something good and it didn't happen. Right. And so I think that there were some great saves that he made, but there were also like the couple of goals that he let in um, were probably partially due to some scouting knowledge there on Cal Pierce and what he does. So that's I really feel like there's a mixed bag here and, and maybe like. You know, you don't want to put Peterson in right away, right when you call him up. And that's why Urson plays against the Sabres. And you want to give Urson the chance to redeem himself up against the Sabres in the second half of that home at home. So there's reasons to make the decision both ways. And I understand how tough it is. But at the same time, you know, I do think there was an effect on the outcome of both games. I think there is a reason why the Flyers won that game you know, as handily as they did. Arson played a great game. And I think there was some redemption there for him. And there was some redemption for the team overall. Um, I, I just think that it also just had a, a a cascading effect in the second half of the back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, Urson's now going to travel and play, a, you know, one of the worst team in the league. So we'll see how they rise to that occasion because there's one or two ways that game can go. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that uh, later in the show and, uh, of course, later this week. Um, I I do think there were some other things that we can glean from the weekend games. And if you look at that game against the Sabres, like, first off, congrats to Louis Belpedio on his first NHL Yeah, that was nice for him. It really was nice. His grandfather, um, I guess, had passed, and he was like, you know, this is for my grandfather. And I, you know, it kind of made me Order a little I 100% shed a tear at that intermission oh, yeah. interview because yeah. it, it was so emotional for him and you what? could tell and um, you know we talk about him in a pretty realistic manner as a player but you know but he's still he, a professional he, like he's looking yeah. for his break and everything I get it we have to analyze we're put in the position to analyze that stuff but he's still a human being and yeah, oh, you, yeah. Know, you feel for him and that yeah, was a and- great moment and it was also great for Scott Lawton to get on the board for yes. the first time this season. I think that was important for him. Um, and of course, you know, it was a great game for Bobby Brink, a goal and an assist. I think, yeah. you know, he did have one turnover that led to a strong yeah. Buffalo chance, but other than that played a great game. Um, and, you know, I think that there's a lot of good to come out of that game, including really excellent penalty kill work late in the game i thought travis konechny has been playing like a machine and he's like that confidence is high on his level and i thought that that sabers game was a great example of it it was but it didn't carry over for konechny at all like he well he yes there is that side of it his brain blew up in the king's game a couple of times and so 
you know, that's the that's the tough part for him. He was completely frustrated in the Kings game. He, on the power play, froze at one point and maybe should have shot the puck and then finally passed it. And then, you know, he ends up smashing his stick and all of that. He he was not good in that game. No, and, and you know, you try and think, well, like, is this, uh, you know, a Flyers issue or is this uh, the Kings are that good issue? Well, the Kings are that good in the sense they roll four lines we talked about their speed, and we talked about the defensive mobility, and all they have to do is get decent goaltending. Well, they got better than decent goaltending, and then they really are. They do that, they are a top-notch team, like a top-10 team, easy. But the thing about the Flyers is this power play derails the team. It does. It rips the heart out of the team every time it fails. And, you know, you could say, hey, the zone entries look better, but the minute the zone entry happens, after that, bad things were happening. And, you know, it was talked about after the game. It was, and we'll get to that at some point. But it was one of those things that you could see it's a demoralizing thing. Yeah, well, let's talk about it. Because that is one of the big takeaways from this weekend as well, is that this power play continues to struggle. They were 0 for 2 against the Sabres and 0 for 4 against the Kings. They're under 10% overall. Uh, and that's just not a way that you can win games. And I can tell that um, it's a problem by the fact that every time the Flyers got a power play against the Kings, I was like, I was like, oh, this does not matter. Yeah, like in my head. Right. I was, so think just... about what the other team thinks about how they set up. They're going to take more chances. And think about how the Flyers are. Uh, I think they had two in a row in that game. And when you do that and you have two in a row and you don't score on one of them, it definitely takes the wind out of your sails. You're even professionals. It's tough. It's like a gut punch. And Cam Atkinson talked about it post game, and he, you know, he's been getting questioned about the power play. And he said, "Sure, there's some different looks. Okay, but as good as this team's penalty kill is, the power play is the complete opposite. And I just don't think um, zone entries and different looks are going to fix it. I really don't. I think this has just been going on. We've been very vocal about it." And I'm not going to, you know, beat a dead horse on it, but I'm just going to say if the structure on it's bad, the structure on it's bad and it's bad. Uh, They've had two or three different guys do the zone entries. They've had different guys on the wall. Um, Very few guys go to the net. That's still something where you would think that would be preached and maybe it is and it's just not getting through. I don't know. I look at it and I'm like, you could see the shakiness in it. Like just the yeah. fragility, the mental fragility in it. Yeah, I definitely think there's a confidence issue happening yes. there and, you know, some some fear in terms of making certain passes or taking certain shots. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, an elephant in the room that they are going to have to address. Uh, in the meantime, we've got some other things to talk about, including the load management. And I also want to talk about the third period of both of those games and compare them. Cause I think there's a lot to take away from that as well. We will do that coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. 
My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about last minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, you can get that all important view from your seats. My last Game Time purchase was WNBA New York Liberty tickets. I had a blast with great center court seats. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We will be having a mailbag segment later this week, so make sure you get those questions into us. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on our YouTube channel. Plus, we'll be covering the California road trip with a lot of uh, Flyers After Dark action, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I do want to get back to these two games from over the weekend and I think that there is definitely a pattern here with some load management issues. Um, And this was our first uh, back-to-back of the season. And uh, we saw in particular, obviously what stands out is Travis Sanheim in the second half of a back-to-back playing 29 plus minutes in a game. And to me, that is concerning. It is. But again, this is something where, the coach doesn't look at load management. Like we know this, we could see it. And he's just going to say, listen, he's a, t- he's a number one. And my number one is going to play as much as I want him to play. I agree with you, but I don't think this will change. I think, cause we've seen, you know, we saw Sean Couturier getting 20 minutes in some games and now Sean Couturier is not playing. So it's like, we see this. I don't think he looks at it the same way. I don't even know if he looks at it. Like, I don't even know if he looks at the minutes being doled out. I'm not sure he does. Yeah, I. it, it is an interesting question because, you know, there's a couple other things that happened there where I think there are some good things on that side, on the forward side of things. I think it's more of a problem on the blue line and with Sandheim in particular. But with Couturier out, obviously, you know, our, our lines have shifted since then. And, you know, we talked specifically about Owen Tippett not getting the ice time he needs to have as many of the opportunities as he had last season. He's getting those minutes now because he's on the, the quote unquote top line with he's Noah Cam Atkinson. Yeah, he's rushing shots. He just, his confidence is not there. It's just not. And, and that's, that's something where I don't know what happened to the end of last year where he was loaded with confidence, had the 27 goals to now. I don't think it's just being played on the third line. There's, there's more to it. Yeah. Well, that's where you get the example of it, right? Because he did have the opportunity in this game and he's still having similar problems. Now it could take a while. Like you don't want to judge it all on one game, but at the same time, you know, there's something to be said there. I think goals on the season. So I'm even judging it on on more than that, to be honest. Um, I did think that um, on, on the other side of things, you know, we saw in the Sabres the game um, with Palin coming back in. Obviously, you know, that line was sort of reun- that fourth line was reunited and, and they got some offense out of it. But mm-hmm. then we saw that um, their ice time, I think, 
was reduced a bunch in the Kings game because the Flyers were behind. And that was very clear. Skating behind, lack of speed. I think Mm -hmm. we talked about that. There was no way they were going to be able to put that fourth line out there a lot against the Kings, even against their fourth line. The speed difference is just too great. And so I think that there were some good things that were happening from a load management perspective like that, even though it didn't work ultimately. I think at least there were some smart things, but I... I just really think that it's something they have to pay closer attention to, especially to help prevent injuries. Well, I mean, the thing is, once you bench somebody that's in, you know, that's one of your top defensemen, those minutes, the guys are going to go over. And Torts is not above benching guys in games, no matter the results. So, you know, that's another thing that kind of screws up load management. It does. Right. And, you know, we saw that Cam York sort of got benched in that Kings game. And look, I mean, we spoke to him after the game and uh, he he said it's not a fatigue thing. It's not a playing on the first line pairing thing. I disagree with him. I've covered Cam for a very long time. He's a very confident guy, but he's not a top pairing guy. I mean, he's 22. He's never, I'm telling you, he will never be that top pairing guy. I think he's a second pairing guy. Now, Right now, you could say with Ristolainen and out, somebody has to step up. Okay, but maybe he's not that somebody. That's something where, because his play has been up and down. It has. And, again, even his point totals aren't great. He's had some really good games. Don't get me wrong. And I think he's played some really good minutes. But in this one, the, um, the Kempe goal, he, he's, you know, he basically took it away from him. And, mm-hmm. and that's this position where you can't, had that happen near the net, and then he had the delay game over the eye, and that was enough to send you know Tortorella into a tizzy. Like he was after that, after the second goal, he wasn't happy with the first one. After the second, he was already chewing out the bench, and then that was the third, right? And you kind of know with the Flyers the way they are, they're not going to have a lot of three goal comebacks this year. They're just not. No, no. I mean, they can do it, but. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you there. But I think the other thing I wanted to talk about was this um, third period of the two games. And I thought it was just really interesting that, you know, ahead by a lot and down by a lot, similar number of scoring chances between the, the two games. And, you know, you expect to play a more defensive style of hockey when you're up four to nothing or four to one. But at the same time, this team has professed to say, you know, we don't take our foot off the gas and we're going to be aggressive offensively. They get five scoring chances in the third period against the Sabres. The Kings game, they're battling from behind. They're struggling seven scoring chances for in that third period. So, like, not much difference there. And I just felt like both games, now understanding that in the Kings game, this is now the third period of a back-to-back, like there is that fatigue factor there. But when you're behind, I just expect you to outchance the other team significantly. And for the Kings, like they didn't have to work as hard as the Flyers did in the third period of their game against the Sabres who were trying to come back, right? Yeah, I mean, look. For the back-to-back, if you want to tell me first, you know, six minutes of the first period was an issue, okay. Third period shouldn't be an issue for the back-to-back, honestly. Right. And and the, and the Kings were pushing them this way. So even the Flyers' scoring chances, I felt like there was maybe like one or 
maybe even two that they maybe could have scored on. I don't think Cam Talbot played out of his mind. I think it was like, like you said, right. I think it was a fairly easy shutout. And, you know, zero of those seven scoring chances for against the Kings in the third period were high danger. Right. So I think that, you know, was a, a big difference there that when you're trying to come back or at least, you know, get a respectable couple of goals on the board in the third period um, and you can't do that because you're not getting the shots you want. You know, again, it's a combination of the Kings being good and the Flyers not being able to create the chances they need in order to at least get one or two on the board. Yeah, I would take a completely different tact with this team against the Sharks because to prevent against that letdown, like, hey, they just had this game, they're flying cross country. I would tell them, listen, you know how we played the other night in the second period? That's how I want you to play. And we're just going to get goals off their mistakes. Don't try and do this full throttle offense because lately it's been, you know, there's been, you know, a few too many turnovers. I don't think they're going to do that, but that's how I would safeguard against the possible letdown against the Sharks. Because, you know, any game, you have a couple of bad turnovers, they end up in your net. It changes the complexion of the game. But I think they could outwork San Jose. And I think that's the attack that I would try. But really, except for a period or two this year, they're they're trying to be this full throttle team. For the most part. Well, I think that uh, the upcoming game against the Sharks is part of what we're going to talk about for our nemesis of the week, which is coming up next. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you think about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So, like, for player props, as bad as the uh, Chargers secondary is, I would look for a touchdown from Garrett Wilson for the Jets. Those are some pretty good bets because if you look at the numbers, it kind of looks at that. It kind of favors that. So visit FanDuel.com slash on. And get into the action this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So uh, getting into our nemesis of the week discussion. Uh, last week, we talked about getting through the busy week. We had those four games with some mixed yep. results. As we talked about, um, especially on today's show, the nemesis this upcoming week for me is partially, of course, the California road trip with all of the Flyers after dark games. It's not as bad as that game in Vegas starting at 11 no. 17, <laughs> but you know, three 10 30 p.m. games in a week is a little rough. But I, I do think, you know, as far as the Flyers side of it and not my personal hangups with staying up late is, you know, this is a, a real chance for the Flyers to get some redemption here because we're starting with the San Jose Sharks who are abysmal this season. And so they should be able to get back up on the horse and, you know, win this game handily. The Sharks are an AHL lineup, I would say, partially here. Um, and they won zero games and... uh and have just had a tough time. So even though there, it's a lot of travel, the Flyers should be able to win this one. And then they have a chance at direct redemption playing the Kings and Sharks later in, in I'm sorry, the Kings and Ducks yeah. later in the week. 
And, you know, obviously having lost to both of these teams recently, there's a, a real motivation here to try and even the season series with both of these teams. And we'll finish up a good chunk of the Pacific Division um, in the next week for the season, which is wild uh, thinking about it that early in the year. But still, like you're not going to see these teams again all season long. And so you really want to go out on a high note with them. So, you know, I think this redemption arc is a looming presence for me this week. No, that's fair. I, I have a similar thing. The only thing is, is that my, um, my nemesis is the easy way it is for, to fall back for hockey teams, players to say, well, you know, the road trip will help us. We'll bond and, you know, we'll eat out and we'll have dinner and great. Great. Some of that, sometimes that works. But the problem with this is first you're going to play the Sharks, which again, you're, you're probably thinking we could win this game. But like I said, I would try and safeguard against that. And then you're playing two really good teams. Like the Ducks this moment are a really good team. Forget about what you thought they were because right now they're playing way better than that. And you're going to their environment. And the thing is, I could see them winning. No games on this trip, and I could see him winning two, and that's that's the problem here. It's just the that's where my nemesis is. It's that inconsistency and just relying on the road trip to kind of fix it. You know, bonding is great, but you need to do more than that. I would like to see more practicing, but you know, that's just me. Yeah, I think um, you know some of the other things hanging out there for me, and this again, just a, a personal nemesis in um, having to go back and watch games or wanting to rewatch some games to make sure that I a pattern I was looking for was actually there, you know, things like that. I still miss the NHL app where they had markers for and playback for goals. They have uh, markers for when the period starts and stuff. And with the ESPN app, nothing. It's just one big file and you, it's so hard to try and like find the stuff that you want to find. And yeah, I miss the NHL app. <laughs> I hear a lot of things about the NHL app, not good things. Um, my well, other the ESPN I, app. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, like you actually hear about both. Uh, the other thing here is if it were me, if I were running this trip, uh, my only time out in San Jose, I, I made friends with some people and they were playing hockey and they went to the Snoopy rink. And that's a rink that Charles Schultz used to frequent. And it's not that far from the city. And I, you know, I would think it would be a fun thing if the Flyers went and practiced there. You know, they all could take pictures in front of Snoopy and stuff. I think that would be a way to sort of lighten it a little bit. Because, like, last night post game, Cam York was really stiff until I said, hey, good time for a road trip. And you know he's from California, right? So then all of a sudden he starts talking about, yeah, California is a nice place to be. Someone asks him about his family and things lighten up. I think lightening it up would be good a little bit. And, you know, just that environment of that Snoopy rink, it's really fun. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I was not aware of that. So um, I've only been out to San Jose once. So um, that is uh, something to look forward to on my next trip out there. Uh, in the meantime, just want to remind everybody, we have a post over on our YouTube channel with if you have suggestions for the Ed Snyder night celebration that's taking place on January 6th versus the Calgary Flames, uh, make your suggestions there. We are sending these directly to the team and the, and the people organizing the event. So uh, you'll have a chance to get your voice heard there. So make sure you do. 
And uh, that'll do it for today's show. Tomorrow, we will be talking about those San Jose Sharks and, and previewing that game in more detail. Plus, it'll be Phantoms Tuesday, so we'll check in with all the prospects and what the goalie situation is uh, like in Lehigh Valley now. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a fantastic day, everyone.